Hello and welcome back to the Book of Lee's podcast. My name is Cara and I am your host. Welcome back to Book of Leaves. I am so happy to be here. Oh, I've missed you guys. I've had my annual three-month hibernation and it is spring, so I'm crawling out of my cave and coming back delighted, delightedly, delightfully, one of them, to give you this podcast. So I'll give you a little bit of a lowdown as to what I've been up to over the last three months, which was traveling. And then I'm going to give you a lot of eco-friendly travel tips. And then, of course, as we kick into the season in two weeks' time, we will be interviewing people from all walks of life I've got a couple of interesting topics come up some of them were suggested by you on my Instagram and if you've any more suggestions keep sending them my way so we've a couple of a nice variety of topics from e-waste to coffee and chocolate and there's loads of things that I want to get into um, lots of biodiversity things and disability um, access in the environmental movement so things like that will hopefully be coming up in 2023 god time is going by so fast and it's April already if this is your first time listening to the podcast. Hello and welcome. To quickly tell you a bit about myself, my name is Cara. I am an actor by trade. I also work a couple of other jobs like a, as a tour guide and in a theatre as well to pay the bills in the meantime. Um, but I've always been really passionate about the environment ever since I was a child. I grew up in Wexford in a tiny little village called Ballywilliam. And yeah, so being surrounded by nature all the time, I was a big I'm a big animal lover so that kind of led me path, down a path of going vegetarian from the age of 10 and then when I went vegan in 2016 I wanted to open my eyes and learn more about veganism so I remember watching Cowspiracy and learning how bad the environmental crisis was I was always aware of it but the no one was doing anything about it I thought they were I was like oh that's terrible but sure I'm just a normal person I can't do anything about this crisis And that documentary opened my eyes to the lack of action that corporations and governments are doing. So that was kind of like a big seed that was planted in my head. And then, of course, Greta Thunberg snowballed snowballed the world into climate action. And that's when I set up this podcast, April 2019. And oh my God, I'm turning four. I'm turning four. Book of Leaves is turning four this coming Saturday. Earth Day which was a mistake when I released it as well I was like okay this Monday will sue April 22nd Earth Day just that's a lovely bit of synchronicity so yeah this podcast I love to interview occasionally I will have like experts in their field on but I also love interviewing like normal people I do in inverted commas because I just love climate action being a little bit more accessible. I'm not an expert. I have a small certificate on environmental studies that gave me a little bit more understanding. I was a climate ambassador, which is a brilliant program, completely free, run by Antoshka. So you should absolutely check that out if you haven't heard of that and you're based in Ireland. So through those kind of two things and all the guests that I've had, I've just been learning since 2019 so if you're a long-time listener you've been learning with me and you've probably heard my my gradual kind of personal action path you know I when I started this podcast I was still buying fast fashion the odd time now that's only when I need underwear and socks because I cannot afford the really ethical ones yet but yeah so there's so many changes that I've made in the last couple of years and hopefully you guys will enjoy 
making these changes with me. When I have uh, guests on, they're going to be talking about their personal journey. And I like to do that because I think finding out about someone's journey and what inspired them to take action you realize, oh wow, that conversation I had with my coworker might have actually inspired them to take action. You don't think anything of it at the time, but then when you hear someone say on on a podcast or on Instagram or whatever that, oh yeah, this time someone said to me that planted a seed and years later I acted on it, you know? So I just love, I love the ripple effect. I love getting people's individual stories, why they do what they do. And then of course, why we should do it as well and then we can take leaves from their books to add our own way of living. I probably already said that but that's yeah that, that's the podcast. Oh, I've missed you guys. So before I get into what I've been getting up to recently I do want to plug an event. I'm starting back with an event this coming Saturday the 22nd of April 2023 for anyone listening in the future on Kurt Literature Festival. For anyone interested in, in literature, they have loads of stuff going on, but I'm doing a talk, I'm hosting a talk, a panel, I should say, on a changing climate, writing, activism, and the environment. And my guests on the panel are Mancon McGann, legend, Owen Dalton, who's been on this podcast before, and a poet called Emma Must, whose work I've just been introduced to recently, and it is beautiful. So that's going to be on in Galway this Saturday at 1pm at the Town Hall Theatre in Galway. So if anyone's going to be in the West, make your way to that and come up and say hello. Um, So that's just something that I wanted to plug, and I'm very, very grateful to Kurt Literature Festival for asking me to be there. And what a lovely way to spend Earth Day and Book of Leaves' fourth birthday. I should buy myself a cake. I'm going to do that. So what have I been up to over the last three months? I was traveling for six weeks. The middle of January, I went to Southeast Asia. The reason I was going is there was a a wedding, a family wedding over there. I didn't want to just go for two weeks. The flights are the same price and the same amount of emissions, emissions, whether you go for two weeks or six weeks. I I don't have a lot of money. So I, I couldn't really afford to go for longer than six weeks. But that's what I was doing. And I'm going to talk to you guys about that. And as I'm talking through it, I'm going to give you some eco travel tips. First, first thing is make the most of it. So if there is an event or if there is something that you need to travel so far for, if you are in a privileged enough position like me where I'm mostly self-employed, so I can or the part-time jobs I have are very flexible so I can just not earn an income for an amount of time I don't have holiday days I mean it's (laughs) there's pros and cons but that means that I can take off as much time as I like I mean I don't get any money but I take time off so if you do have an event that is taking you far away make the most of it so don't have the emissions of the flight just be like okay I'm there for a wedding so I'll be there for two weeks and then I'm gonna fly all the way back that's what I decided to do make the most of it I'm 29 I haven't been to Asia before when am I going to get to do this again so I'll be traveling by myself for two weeks with the family for two weeks and then by myself again for another two weeks so (laughs) the first mistake I made was underestimate the size of Southeast Asia I don't know if anyone else does this but looking at the map I just applied European country sizes onto them. So I could see Vietnam, I could see 
uh, where the wedding was going to be. I could see Cambodia. I could see Thailand, Malaysia. So I was like, right, I'll stay around there because I want to see things properly over these six weeks. And yeah, I mean, Cambodia looks to be like the size of Spain and all. So I was just looking. I need. I knew that I needed to get to Vietnam for the kind of early mid February. So I was just looking for the cheapest flights because I am broke. So these are broke eco-friendly travel tips. And I was looking for the cheapest flights over there. And the closest ones weren't Thailand, wasn't Vietnam, was Malaysia, was Kuala Lumpur. And looking at the map and I I, I thought I searched it on the internet that I could get like trains and buses around and I could. Um, so I was like, that's grand. I'll just make my way up then that was the biggest mistake because I loved Malaysia but after arriving there and researching like in my downtime in the hostels there's absolutely no way that you can travel slow travel that far in a a small amount of time there's not even a train that goes from Malaysia to Thailand even though that they're, they're connected so the only way I was able to see Malaysia I had like two weeks there and then I had to fly to Vietnam and I also had to fly back from Vietnam to get my flight from Malaysia home because it was cheapest going there and going back so that was something I absolutely would have done differently I would have just paid more I think I saved myself 300 euro but then ended up paying that nearly anyway on flights to and from Vietnam because I just didn't realize you can't get a, a big long bus or long train everywhere around there like you can't it's it's or especially not over those huge distances. Southeast Asia is huge. I could spend six weeks just in two countries alone, even one country, honestly. Don't, if you have to be somewhere, just be mindful of where the cheapest flight is taking you. Um, when you are obviously flying over there, it is it is quite bad for the environment. But if you do want to offset, I do have an episode about carbon offsetting with the amazing Holly Hughes. Vita is an Irish charity that you can offset with. There's also another organisation called onsets.org and a friend of mine works with them and they're really legit. They're absolutely fab. So I'll link them in the show notes. That's another option. I know offsetting isn't perfect, but if you're offsetting with people, if you're donating with accredited organization it's a good thing to do it's better than nothing and I'm always about like what's the best option you can do like take a step closer to the best thing so being over here for the wedding I wanted to see Southeast Asia I knew it was going to be flying so I offset my flights with onsets it's not always cheap because you you do have to pay quite a lot to take to offset the amount of kilograms of, of CO2 that flying puts into the atmosphere so that's why once I got there everything else was slow travel so I was in Malaysia, Vietnam, Cambodia and Singapore those are the four countries that I visited over six weeks the biggest tips that I would have the main things the first one is if you do have to travel like people were talking about flying everywhere and I just you know when you're in the environmental bubble it's it's a bit ew it gives me the ick when people are like oh yeah I'm getting a flight to here and then a flight to here I'm like no like you don't have to there are overnight buses the train lines weren't as good in the countries that I, I was visiting I don't think I ever actually got a train no I think I just got buses everywhere and 
there's the option for a sleeper bus. Now, a sleeper bus is pretty much what it says in the tin. There are these tiny beds. You can buy like a double bed if you're traveling with a friend or whatever. I ended up in one of them by my st- by mistake. I didn't realize I thought that there was like a little barrier, but thankfully the bus was like half empty, so I wasn't lumped with a stranger beside me, which wouldn't have been too bad, but that is something to be mindful of. The tickets were like the equivalent of between 20 and 40 dollars which is your travel which is way cheaper than the plane way less hassle you might be saving some time on the actual journey but when it comes to uh, going through security and all that you're still getting some time back and also the best thing about it is it's such a good use of your time when you're sleeping what are you doing nothing your brain is obviously doing important stuff and you're recharging and whatever but what are you doing travel-wise? Nothing. You're just sleeping in a hostel with people snoring left, right and centre. So this was an amazing way to go, right, I need to go from Korong Island at the south of Cambodia uh, up to Phnom Penh or all the way up to Siem Reap I actually did, which was on a night bus. So I had a whole day in the hostel on this island, then got a ferry off the island, got on a sleeper bus and I went all the way up north to Siem Reap, which was like a 12-hour journey. So I like conked out on that bus and then woke up in a new city. Like, that just blew my mind. And they give you like a little pillow and a little blanket on the sleeper bus. So absolutely like slow travel. Oh my God, cannot recommend it more. Just that makes so much more sense. So obviously then I, w- I arrived in Siem Reap quite early in the day, dropped my bags off to the hostel and then had that whole day to explore. I was already up bright and early. It was fab. Really cannot recommend sleeper buses and slow travel enough. I actually haven't done that in Europe yet. I just go straight to the destination. So that is trains or something that are really, really good in Europe. I know for sure, like sleeper trains and sleeper buses. And it does take you longer, but it's also just really nice and just no hassle of an airport, you know? Um, just be careful of your visas. Make sure if you're crossing any land borders, you have your visas ready. So that's one little thing. Now, obviously, water is another huge thing. You can't always drink. It's not recommended to drink the tap water. So there is a lot of bottled water um, if you're out and about. In saying that though, what I would end up doing is just filling my bottle at a, like a refill station, which is nearly always in your hostel. I stayed in hostels practically the entire time, um, except around the wedding when we were in a hotel. But I filled my water bottle up. My water bottle was only 330 milliliters. I would definitely advise getting a bigger one. It was too small. So then it would be empty way sooner. So I'd have to wait the whole day before another refill point again. In saying that though, when I would order drinks, if I was ever out and I got like an iced tea or what anything with ice in it, when I finish the drink, you can tell by the way if the ice is filtered because there'll be like this hole in the middle of the ice. If it's just like cubes or whatever, that's just tap water frozen. But through this little hole that goes through the ice, you know it's filtered. And I was putting all those ice cubes into my flask, into my water thing. Which was really also nice for keeping it really cool when the temperature got very hot. So yeah, definitely get a water bottle. If I would actually love to look into one of them camping ones that it's not so much a bottle, but like a sack, you know, like a, something that takes up no space, but you could fill it with maybe a litre and then it takes up space. Because obviously when you're traveling, you want to be traveling light as well. But don't be too hard on yourself when you are parched and the only options are 
plastic bottles get a bigger bottle um try recycle it if you can but to be honest not a lot of recycling happens over there and that's another thing to be mindful of Malaysia was quite clean Singapore practically spotless Vietnam and Cambodia there's trash everywhere it's everywhere it's plastic waste absolutely everywhere and it was quite depressing to see and the thought occurred to me what is the point in what I'm doing in Ireland like me carrying around trying to stop myself using one straw at a time it can be a bit overwhelming but I use that instead of like letting it paralyze me and get to me if anything it's more of a reason if you're listening to this and like if you're from Ireland or the US or the UK or somewhere in Europe like our governments have the power to stop exporting our waste and our recycling abroad that's a lot of their waste is is from that so that's a big thing I basically was just like you know what don't let this paralyze you it's more of a reason for Ireland to cop on because we have the education and we have the means a lot of these people don't have the means to care beyond putting food at the table and just remember well that just means Ireland as a first world country has more responsibility and we should act on it so that was that don't don't let it paralyze you um, I also, as I mentioned, I'm vegan and for this entire trip, even though I was warned by people like I might have to forgo that at certain times because it's obviously not as, I don't know, like veganism isn't a thing over there. That's a, It's quite a privileged thing for some communities to choose. A lot of communities and people over there can't eliminate such a wide amount of food. So people were like, Cara, you're probably going to have to forgo to veganism on a couple of times. Guys, I cannot express to you how easy, how wonderful it was to have so many, not just places serving veggie food or vegan food, but vegan restaurants in the places that I went to. That app, Happy Cow, will save your life even if you're not vegan if you just want like good like places that are kind of making an effort even with veggie options everything is on that app I cannot recommend it enough there was 30 40 50 purely vegan restaurants in Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia I had so many options okay now obviously in the big cities it's a bit easier one thing that I personally do not kind of succumb to when I'm traveling is I I love experiencing other cultures I love experiencing language I love art theater music when it comes to food food is obviously a part of a lot of people's culture I I personally don't let myself kind of support animal cruelty I don't care if it's a religious or cultural thing it's not something that I believe is necessary in this day and age like there's lots of things that we moved on from so what would never I never went and said that to anyone it just meant that I was avoiding a lot of street stalls and I was avoiding a lot of I would walk by them I just wasn't buying my food from there I was buying my food most of the time from places that were on the app that I knew had vegan options so yeah, that that's something that I think is definitely like don't let it scare you. It was so easy. I made a little reel and it's on my TikTok or on my Instagram if um anyone wants to see it. and I couldn't even fit all the dishes in it. I was eating loads. I spent so much money on food, just going out and eating in really nice vegan and veggie places. And of course, there's a huge Indian community in all of those countries and they have like most of their food is vegetarian. So when you go in you just say no butter. That's important. No butter and no no milk, no yogurt. Some of them will understand like what vegan is. Some places you do have to explain it. 
But yeah, I still got to experience a lot of culture in various forms, but eating meat wasn't one of them. But then I also got to eat like vegan dishes of their locals. Like in, in Vietnam, pho is a big thing, which is like this beef bone broth. So I had a vegan version of that. Spring rolls, curries, like so much. Oh my God, I'm getting really hungry now. So much amazing food. And I wasn't going to chains either. Like I, these were all local. I went to one enterprise in this place in Penang in um, Malaysia. That was a completely, were they vegan? No, they were, they weren't actually. They had one or two meat options, I think. And they had loads of vegan options and veggie options. And this was an enterprise set up to train people who were just released from prison. They they would then be like upskilled in chef or in hosting and waiting and then be able to get another job to kind of stop them going back into prison. So on the app Happy Cow, like when places, I also found another amazing restaurant that was like all run by like monks and everything. Oh, so cool. And then there was this other one that was recommended to me by another vegan that I met while traveling. And I found it on the app in Hanoi in Vietnam. Vietnam, which was like in someone's sitting room and down like a little alley you had to find it like it leads you to really unique places and the food was just amazing and so affordable so but that's probably where most of my money went most of my money went on food because I was just having such a good time eating now there was some times when I was like traveling if I was going to be on a bus or something for a long time I would take snacks with me and sometimes that's a bit hard especially when you can't speak the language and you you don't know what you're reading on the back of the back on the back of the packet so I would just buy I had a go-to I had my little reusable cup I actually wish I brought a little bowl for this because the cup was kind of hard to eat cereal out of (laughs) because I bought a cup I bought cereal and I bought little cartons of soy milk so when I was desperate to say if I was traveling for a long time or if I just wasn't sure I did that I would just have a little cup of cereal You can't go wrong. So at the end of the day, you can always ask for rice and veg. Now in saying this, when I was traveling with family, because I couldn't go and choose my own places then in Vietnam the whole time, there were restaurants where, now we were with some Vietnamese people. So Angie, our lovely host, she would go and say like veggie food. And one thing I just didn't like at this point, I wasn't going to ask about fish sauce apparently they use fish sauce and a lot of things so when I was traveling with other people I'm already being awkward enough in these restaurants that they're going to in preparation for the wedding and everything that I just didn't want to ask and so if I didn't ask I didn't know if I knew I wouldn't be able to eat it and then I wouldn't have had anything except cereal and I'm making peace with myself for that and I think you you can too like there's no point beating yourself up over it choices it's all about choices you make and doing the best that you can in that situation so eating plant-based you you have such a low impact on the environment with that diet and you find really quirky cool places so when I was mentioning all those kind of uh, restaurants and the enterprises and stuff like that they pop up on happy cow a lot more because I think places that are more mindful about having lots of veggie options are usually more mindful about people as well and social enterprises and that so I cannot recommend that app for anywhere in the world anywhere you're going even in Ireland it's great and I don't I'm, this is not sponsored by the way although I should probably ask them the amount of times I've talked about happy cow and tell other people about it but um yeah so what else then oh yeah there's a lot of fish a lot of seafood as well you will see a lot of live animals and it's really sad and a lot of people are like oh we're living we're staying at like a sea resort or on an island or we're near the coast so let's have the seafood but 
they still that doesn't just because you can see the sea from where you are doesn't necessarily mean that the seafood is going to be local cyanide fishing is a huge thing where they literally poison the fish so that they make them easier to catch that's a huge thing in singapore would you believe which leads me on to my next chapter singapore okay after being in malaysia malaysia was amazing it was my first time in asia the food, so much veggie food, not 100% clean all the time, but they had bins, they had like bins for recycling stuff in KL. And yeah, it was, I was there for Chinese New Year and it was amazing. It was beautiful. It was absolutely heartbreaking though to see the amount of palm oil plantations. I cannot express to you like how much land has been destroyed for this monocrop. It re- it does break your heart and I have become way more conscious since coming home about avoiding palm oil and then saying that that again has made me a bit more sad because why did I have to see that face to face to really try to not eat palm oil because that's a problem that I have with a lot of other aspects of climate change is we shouldn't have to see it face to face to care about it but at one point I got like a six hour bus from Kuala Lumpur south to basically the border to go into Singapore and for 30 of minutes of that six hours I couldn't see palm oil plantations. Every, everything else, five and a half hours, non-stop of just fields as far as the eye can see of palm oil. So that is something like it's so much, it's so much of a livelihood for a lot of people over there but they're still being exploited by big corporations and the governments are allowing it so we do need to again with the clout we have in Ireland and Europe put pressure on making that illegal like oh my god the amount so that anyway that broke my heart but Malaysia was beautiful um great veggie food great public transport brilliant I went to this place in Cameron Highlands now they did have tea plantations there from when Malaysia was under British rule and so that was like that's like a big tourist attraction and I found an eco tour so I went with this guy who was a legend there was only like six of us and he was naming all the plants and he was saying how he used to mitch school and go into the forest and he could just he could name everything oh it was just brilliant so definitely look for eco-friendly tours where you can they are a little bit more expensive, but in my opinion, they're worth it. And there, though, on Cameron Highlands, there was a 200 million year old rainforest that I went into. Oh, my God. Like, it was called Mossy Forest because it was just moss everywhere. Oh, it was just beautiful. And they had built, like, because people were kind of ruining the moss a few years ago, trampling it. And they had built a separate platform that you could walk on top of the forest it was only it's a short little loop and you're not going too far in and you're not basically touching the moss but that was amazing to see so there's so much beautiful things and my absolute highlight on top of those kind of nature natural aspects is just seeing animals like seeing new animals I saw a wild dusky monkey which is such a cute monkey in Penang at the top of they have like a mountain that you have to get like a little funicular train up to and she had a baby and she was just sitting on this tree branch she was just sitting there chilling right inside the entrance of this like rainforest and I was like oh my god and I just stayed there for like 20 minutes watching her and was like this is so cool like there's so much wildlife out there that we don't even know about 
So palm oil is something that it definitely opened my eyes to. And then, of course, I went down to Singapore. I was really excited to go to Singapore because it is known as a country that is very progressive in a lot of ways when it comes to environmentalism. The streets were so clean. Everything was so neat and tidy. The public transport was amazing and not too expensive. Um, they have beautiful walkways. All of their exhibitions. They, I went, I spent a fortune there on exhibitions. Oh my God, Singapore is so expensive. In fairness, what am I talking about? It's the same price as Dublin, really. But like when you're broke traveling on a shoestring, you do end up trying to save uh, every possible chance. So in Singapore, it, wa- it was, as I said, really clean and tidy. They had bins to separate, like, recycling and that everywhere. They had load of vegan restaurants, load of veggie options. Their exhibitions were all about nature and was just amazing. But then I met a local and we were chatting and he said that being gay was only recently legalised. And if you're actually caught kissing in public as a gay person you could be sentenced to death I had no idea and my jaw dropped and I was like that's what is the point you cannot be for one thing you cannot be for the environment and then on the other hand be so oppressive of people's rights like that I just found it like greenwashing like I can't emphasize the place was beautiful but it also was very pristine and kind of well groomed and nature isn't always well groomed it goes wild in places but everyone's lawns were like cut now I don't think that they were using pesticides but everything was just neat and tidy and the, there's a rule there of like no chewing gum that's not from an environmental point of view it's from a visual point of view the same guy who founded Singapore and made that rule initially also originally said no rock music so that was revoked but the chewing gum thing stayed um and I think it, it is just like a visual thing it's really cool and it's amazing to see so many advancements in architecture there like when it comes to the environment and incorporating environment to buildings and things like that and having like just ponds and trees and pockets of forests everywhere brilliant it definitely felt like way less smoggy than other cities that I'd been in to, in in Malaysia at that point but on the other hand everyone's driving an SUV and SUVs are even if they're electric are so bad for the environment the energy that they use and the energy that goes into making them is atrocious so a lot of people are driving SUVs like because it's a big it's a money country do you know what I mean so I feel like the understanding or respect that we should have for nature and living in balance with it hasn't actually sunk in a lot of it is kind of for show it was still beautiful and the exhibitions the art was just amazing also they allow cyanide fishing. So whose side are you on, Singapore? Are you for nature or not? So that's something to be mindful of. Um, smog is is one thing that you will come uh, to experience, especially, obviously, if you're going to the really highly um, populated cities like Hanoi and Vietnam. I didn't see the sky for a week. I was there for a week. I don't know how people did it. I, I went and I, I bought the really high grade surgical masks because I my throat was itchy. I ended up getting sick and I'm pretty sure it was because of the smog. I don't know how but like people just put up with that. It's so sad and like you could see the water is so polluted and people were fishing in the water for like their own food. So oh yeah that is something that 
obviously I hope will change and I was talking to some people who lived in who live in Vietnam like Irish friends and that and they were saying that the older generation just isn't going to change they have their ways but the younger generation is aware of the problem and the more power and the more control they get as they go old they get older hopefully the more change will happen and you could see as you're walking through this smoggy city and I took some photographs of like beautiful art pieces drawn in the electrical boxes that do be at the side of the street and it had like no litter and pictures of earth drawn um and stuff like that so there is there are people who who care but in a sea of litter and tangled wires and polluted water it can be really hard to actually believe that but they do exist so that was absolutely mind-blowing just like I'd never experienced smog like that but now have a look have there are any more tips I know I'm kind of giving you some kind of broad things obviously do the things that you would normally do at home as well when you're in your hostel or you're in your hotel turn the lights off don't leave the aircon on when you're out so that you can come back and it's nice and cool when you're there even if you're in a shared hostel room if everyone else is gone turn the aircon off turn the fan off turn the lights off because when you come back into the room it'll only take a few minutes for it to cool down again and sure at that stage you'll have brush your teeth and whatever I did bring shower shower gel from Lush with me and a shampoo bar and conditioner bar that did me well grand for the six weeks I've very thick hair so I don't wash all the time so I wasn't using the the couple of times I was in a hotel instead of a hostel I didn't open their toiletries obviously I brought my own towel Anytime you're traveling, use the towels. Don't be leaving them on the floor because I take them. Um, I put the do not disturb sign on a hotel door anytime I'm in a hotel for them not to even come in and clean because sometimes they do change the, the covers and I've only slept there like one or two nights. Like, you know, they don't have to be changed that often. So little things like that are, are still important to do when you're traveling. When it came to washing my clothes, I knew I was going to have to do a couple of washes. I packed as light as I could. I did initially bring like soap for hand washing clothes, but it just, it wouldn't work. I don't know if it was because the tap water was too cold, um, but I couldn't get the I couldn't get them clean I was washing them in a sink so I ended up just waiting until I was down to practically nothing and then bringing everything in bulk to a laundromat which are very affordable and yeah even one place they even had like it was all eco-friendly detergent so it said on the packet so I just hope that was the case a lot of people obviously when they're traveling Vietnam and Cambodia will rent a scooter um if they're traveling like in pairs or groups I rented a scooter with someone but we rented one for the two of us um I didn't actually drive the thing I was too afraid but so I sat in the back but a lot of friends they would go and they would rent one each but that's obviously double the petrol so really just share and that means that the other person who's not riding can take you know their time looking around as well so that's another little tip and the last thing I said so obviously look out for eco tours slow travel is the big one avoid flying where at all possible and sometimes you'll be looking online for buses or trains especially in these countries in Southeast Asia that I was in and the internet won't give you any And a lot of the time they're just your algorithm or Google isn't like showing up the companies that actually do have regular bus services. So on the island off of Vietnam that we went for, we went to the wedding for, I was like, how do I get off this? And I ended up 
panicking and booking a flight a very short flight off of that island because the ferry was just like way out of way and I didn't have a lot of time left and then I arrive at a hostel on the island and it has a bus it has just a notice board with like a bus to this city ages away that I was getting to I was getting a flight and then like a bus and I was like oh my god I could have just got a bus the whole way there a bus on the ferry that I just didn't realize would take me there so don't be afraid to leave things last minute if the internet isn't showing up that there's a route a bus route or train route to where you need to go maybe ring or email the hostel or any hostel you haven't you probably haven't even booked it yet but just see what are the options like are there any buses that you know of that go to this place because the internet the internet is so bad sometimes for giving you bus routes when you're traveling and so booking them to a hostel is a lot of the time way better so yeah that's like a little insight into some tips and things that I learned I had such an amazing time I spent a lot of time reading and recharging it also got very tiring sometimes and lonely at others especially when you're obviously when you're by yourself that that will happen but it was just brilliant Um, I would love if I had the money I would do a lot more volunteer traveling I say have the money because I would love to like volunteer with animals and, and eco sites and stuff like that and a lot of that time you do have to pay and saying that though there are options around that I remember talking to Freya Bartels on this podcast about hemp farming and she mentioned how she practically traveled the world as a woofie w-o-o-f-i-e <laughs> which is a way that you can volunteer on people's farms and usually they're like permaculture or whatever you get like bed and board and you just have to offer your services so there's ways of doing like really coolly eco travel but I just wanted to ping around and see as as much as I could in the short amount of time but I definitely I have to go back I would have loved to have gone done a open water diving course I would have loved to have done that I did do a snorkeling trip really important if you're going to be snorkeling or swimming you should be doing this anyway because even when you wash off in the shower everything ends up in the sea but try get reef safe sun cream buy it in Ireland and bring it over with you because sun cream over there is really expensive people just don't use it and also when one of the people that I was with during the wedding they went and bought sun cream and it was actually fake like they got burned so badly because it was just this fake brand so yeah buy it from a chemist um, if you have to buy it over there you can also get insect repellent over there and there's brands that just use like citronella and stuff like that that won't be too harmful but if you're going swimming or snorkeling try and make sure your your sun cream is reef safe obviously don't touch the coral and try to keep like a safe distance I just went snorkeling oh my god guys my mind was blown at one point I was swimming back to the boat I was by myself like I was with a big group but I just went off by myself I was going back to the boat and I looked to my right and there was a fish and I looked to my left and there was another fish and then I realised I was like swimming in a little school of fish like they had like swam up behind me and then just like went on. I got I could have cried. It was I nearly choked on the seawater like because I was looking around so much it was coming in the top. That was amazing. There is a lot of disconnect though with some kind of travellers like there's this appreciation of nature and oh yeah let's go pay for a tour to go see this that would be amazing but like on this snorkeling tour there was also part of an element of fishing so we just went from this one beautiful place where people were like oh we saw loads of fish it was all beautiful then we took the boat another place to another place 30 minutes away and everyone was given like uh, a couple of us didn't do it and everyone was given fish and twine a bit of bait at the bottom of it to try catch fish and then 
I think like five or six tiny fish were caught and the people were like oh these stupid fish like they're not catching the bait and it was just a very big I think jump from appreciating the fish at the coral reef and then appreciating the caught fish that they were going to eat and I was like well as long as they eat them did they eat them no maybe two or three were eaten the rest were there was at least four um that were not that were just wasted and thrown into a bin at the end of the day so I kind of wish I said something but it, it can be a bit overwhelming when it's just you and 30 other like young people having a great time if you don't want to give companies like that your money research what is involved with the tour so yeah just be mindful of what you're booking definitely slow travel refill water bring a big bottle of water but don't kick yourself if you have to buy plastic bottles um and yeah hopefully these little tips and hopefully you like to know a little bit about what I was going what I was doing when I came back then from from Southeast Asia I traveled to Barcelona so I'm now in Barcelona I'm using this time uh to write a play that I got funding for last year but never actually wrote um and I want it to be about climate change and I want to encourage people and I'm also doing the artist way so I'm actually based in Barcelona I am coming back this weekend obviously for the festival that's great and then I'll be back in June and we'll be protesting with Extinction Rebellion hopefully they've they just did an amazing action not too long ago with JP Morgan Climate Alarm Clock covered it really well on their podcast don't forget to check out that podcast and then of course don't forget to support your podcast so thank you so much for listening to this ramble I hope you were able to take something out of it if you um, are ever going to be going traveling and yeah thank you so much to the people who have been supporting this podcast who've been sending me messages follow me on Instagram you can find me there at Book of Lee's podcast I um, also sent out a press release for the first time ever so I was delighted to um, have the new Ross standard which is a paper that I used to be in as a child the odd time contact me and hopefully some of you will be tuning in after reading the article about the podcast in that so yeah it's just been so lovely to be back and I can't wait for you guys to hear the first podcast and the first proper interview which will be in two weeks times every second Monday and next the next one will be with Emma from Sea Shepherd so really excited about that and I also just want to give a shout out to the people actually name drop the people who have been supporting the podcast some of these from almost the get-go like Tina you know who you are you absolute legend thank you so much for your support on Patreon I really really appreciate it I have to thank Aiden. I have to thank Tracy. I have to thank Michelle. I want to thank Philip, another legend with a brilliant podcast. I have to thank Cody. Um, I have to thank Rachel, absolute legend. Doing um, if you follow Rachel Whitless on Instagram, she's been supporting me on Patreon. Also, John and Donal, two more recent subscriptions on Patreon. Thank you so much as well. Thank you to Theresa who recently subscribed on Buy Me a Coffee. Um, cause I initially set up these two because Patreon didn't have like a once off model, whereas Buy Me a Coffee did. And now I've got the two platforms. So I'll leave it as it is. So you can subscribe on either one of those. And I also just want to thank Maria and Ina, um, who also supported, um, contributed towards the podcast in the last couple of months. Like I could not, I can't afford to pay these fees, especially now cause I'm actually not working at the moment. Um, I'm just going through all of my savings. So 
the podcast costs money to run my time is like the last thing I think of it's more about the video editing I use a photo editing app for for social media I also hope to get a Canva subscription I've been using a free version of it for a while and that's going to run out so I really appreciate all your contributions and I will be paying as well to submit the podcast back into the Irish Podcast Awards that'll be a chunk of change so all of your donations go back into the running of the podcast and I really really appreciate it so thank you so much to all of those legends who have been helping me and yeah if you like what you hear don't forget to share the podcast recommend it to a friend spreading it by word of mouth is the biggest way people start listening to podcasts so that would be so helpful and as well we need to try break out of the little environment environmental bubbles that we can end up in because we think oh everyone knows this and everyone cares about this and everyone knows about the latest IPCC report when oh actually they don't so bring it up at the dinner table don't be afraid to have that chat and again if there's any suggestions or requests that you have for this season topics you'd like to hear get in touch if you've any more eco-friendly suggestions for traveling let me know and yeah in the meantime thanks for listening don't forget to rate it and review it oh my god i have to remember all the things that i'm saying so yeah apple podcast you can rate and review down below and same on spotify you can just click five stars Thank you so much. Oh my God, so glad to be back. I'll talk to you guys again in two weeks time. Bye.